All right, so we're waiting on Congressman French Hill to get with us. Again, he was uh, just walking out of the briefings, and Steve Smith said finding a place for him to call us. So as soon as he does, we'll get him on here. We'll talk about those briefings, see what he can tell us uh, was discussed, talk about uh, Suleimani's uh, uh, termination, killing, you know, that happened and uh, how things are playing out uh, there in the House and the Senate. Probably we'll know more about the House since he's a congressman. And then uh, impeachment story uh, breaking uh, on uh, print media now is that uh, more and more of the um, senators, and we're talking about uh, Democrat senators now, that uh, we've got a lot of people starting to say, enough, Nancy, release, you know, release the uh, papers on impeachment to uh, get this uh, stuff done. You know, I told you while I was laying in the hyperbaric chamber today, I was watching Fox News guy on today, a lady on today, in fact, that I was really impressed with with, uh, this, this Laura Logan who is a war reporter, has been over in the Middle East for a long time, uh, now doing uh, stories away from war action. And she's got a new uh, thing going on, never-before-seen footage, as she went inside a a detention center on the U.S.-Mexican border in McAllen, uh, McAllen, Texas. So... I'm going to watch that, see what she has to say. It's uh, called the uh, the border crisis. And uh, she says the only agenda she has is to ferret out the truth. She was very good today. She got into, remember when uh, Colonel Reynolds was on Monday and he was talking about Soleimani and talking about uh, those um, uh, bombs that he taught the uh, Iraqi uh, uh, jihadists how to make with the copper on top. She was talking about it. Uh, she brought it up. Said that the guy was, it was so evil. It was unbelievably how evil they were. And said that this copper would just slice through these um, uh, Humvees and things of that nature and take guys' heads off, cut them in half. I mean, she didn't spare any words in explaining what it did said that uh, she talked to a guy that had the stuff come in through the bottom of the Humvee, miss him, and go right through the top and went past his face, This uh, that copper. Just uh, unbelievable, really um, unbelievable stories from her. She was uh, she's something. I, I don't remember seeing her with the war uh, stuff, but uh, what she did. Uh, by the way, guess guess who uh, went and had dinner with Michael Bloomberg uh, yesterday? Oh, I can't wait to tell you. Katy Perry. I mean, I wonder if she was roaring his name when she left. Uh, uh, she's The singer, the politician, and some other friends reportedly dined at Cut. This is a restaurant owned by Wolfgang Puck at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel in Beverly Hills. Uh, They were talking about politics and what Katie wants in a president. 
Who cares? I mean, seriously, who cares? I could care less. She supposedly was overheard telling people at their table to vote for him. Bloomberg officially entered the presidential race back in November, hasn't participated in any debates uh, thus far. All right, so we've got the congressman. He has left the briefing room. Let's get him on the uh, the air with us today. So, Congressman, what can you tell us? I I, I saw some uh, uh, some Congre- uh, Democrat congressional Democrats walking out, and they couldn't they wouldn't even say anything. Whether uh, what was talked about convinced them that the president had acted correctly, they just said, "Well, we got to make sure that the president uh, comes to Congress before he does this kind of stuff." You know, ridiculous and inane stuff like that. How did the briefings go today? Well, I I thought it was constructive. I thought there was some good background information that members got. I thought the questions that were asked were quite good. Uh, The Democrats seemed to get all uh, upset uh, about uh, the consideration of what Iran's actions might be were the president to take the decision to get rid of uh, Soleimani, and that was a big part of the conversation. I don't consider that very relevant, uh, mm-hmm. but it was a big part of the conversation. I thought General Milley did an outstanding job outlining the pros and cons of the president's decision-making and the actions he, uh, he elected to take. Uh, there was uh, a lot of detail given by the Secretary of Defense and Secretary of State and uh, there was an attorney from the Justice Department there who did a fine job describing the president's full legal authority to take this action. And I don't think that there's nothing ambiguous about that in this particular instance. Yeah. Congressman Carter, uh, Buddy Carter, had this to say. Democrats hate Donald Trump more than they love America. And that seems for some of them, that seems to be absolutely true. Yeah, and I, I think, Dave, it's important for all your listeners to uh, hearken back to a day where we had a bipartisan foreign policy and we worked very hard to support our troops abroad or uh, support the objectives of the United States at, uh, across our domestic shores. And that was reiterated this weekend by uh, uh, Jay Johnson, the Homeland Security Secretary for President Obama, uh, David Betrayus, Wesley Clark former Senator Joe Lieberman, Susan Rice, Obama's Mm -hmm. former national security advisor, every one of them reiterated that the president had taken the act, that he had the full legal authority to do it, and that in their view, America is better off because of it. And these are senior foreign policy advisors to mostly uh, Democrats, I would say. And yet, Nancy Pelosi this afternoon announces that she's going to force a vote on a war powers resolution that no one has even seen the text of. Well, it's Nancy Pelosi. What can I say? I, I, I won't yeah, make any. I, but it's, it's disappointing. This is, again, we're in a long series of disappointments where she is not providing leadership in the House and not providing leadership in the Democratic conference. I, it, it may not be surprising. But just because it's not surprising doesn't mean it isn't significantly disappointing how she's handled impeachment and now this. Well, let's talk about real leadership. Let's talk about the president and his speech today, if you don't mind. Did you get to watch it? Yep, I did get to see it. And um, 
I thought he said what he needed to say. I thought he said it in an appropriate manner. Uh, I liked very much uh, the idea of consulting with our allies and formally uh, obtaining a sense of partnership, particularly with our NATO allies, on uh, you know helping create a, a more safe and sound environment in the Middle East and not make it an American-only exercise, which it hasn't been. Uh, last night, Iran dropped missiles into two bases in Iraq, and there are 18 countries represented on those bases. Yeah, no Americans, though, probably. Well, there are Americans there. <laughs> there are Americans uh, at al-Assad, and there are some Americans up at Erbil. But my point is that when Iran launched that missile strike into those two Iraqi uh, military bases, there were coalition forces representing 18 different countries, soldiers and uh, airmen representing 18 different uh, American allied countries there. So uh, this is not just an American. They didn't just put Americans at risk uh, last night. The Iranians uh, put a lot of people at risk. So we talked to Lieutenant Commander Rogers. We've talked with Lieutenant Colonel James uh, Carafano from over at the Heritage Foundation, and they said that you know, that uh, Khomeini taking over that missile strike last night and it, and being it as bad as it was, it was nothing more than a fireworks display uh, for the people to be able to say that they had done something to the great dragon. Uh, I think that's a reasonable assessment. I don't know that it's one that should be uh, absolute, but I think those with military experience that know the ballistic missile targeting capability of the Iranians have certainly offered that um, as an opinion, and that that allows the uh, ultimate Ayatollah in Iran to have a face-saving type response. Possibly so. If so, uh, you could argue that shows great uh, great judgment on the part of the Iranian leader to not attempt to escalate this to mm-hmm. his own demise. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he can bring about the end of his regime if he wants to. President Trump would probably be happy to, to do it for him. But he gave them an off-ramp, did he not? And he gave them a roadmap for them to become part of the international community again and to be prosperous. Yeah, they... I felt like if if you determine that assessment is the right one, then there is a door opened. And then Sharif, the foreign minister, in his tweet, which I don't know that we can put uh, at all uh, in uh, take to the bank, if you will, says that, uh, you know, operations have concluded. Uh, I'm not sure that's uh, 100% accurate. We can't make that assumption from a military point of view. And furthermore, don't forget the Shia uh, militias operating in Iraq uh, that were trained and paid for by the Quds Force, Soleimani. Uh, the Iranian government doesn't control everything they do or might do. So I think all of our military operations remain on a high alert status as a result of that potential risk. All right, let I agree. Me, the door, the door is cracked open. I yeah, they're, they're they're trying to give them a way out. I mean, the president, I believe, is trying to give them a way out. And and by calling on NATO, has this given us a way out? Now that we're such great oil producers in the world, that we don't have to depend upon the Middle East for oil anymore. Does this give us the opportunity to to let other people take the lead in helping to police that area? 
you know, this is such a fascinating area, and it's it was it was only a dream. And then the 1990s and the 2000s demonstrated the power of technology and American innovation that now gives us actually that strategic opportunity. And when you think about it, our European friends and our friends in Asia particularly uh, really, really are uh, determined. Uh, Their economies are determined by access to Middle Eastern oil, where ours is now flexibly not. So I think the NATO is a nice step. Uh, you noted that uh, Prime Minister Abe offered to uh, President Trump in the region to do some ocean patrolling in the Gulf as well. And I, I do believe these are constructive steps. I think it's a long time in coming, but I think it meets the Trump objectives of sharing the burden and lining up the burden with those that benefit the most. And something that we've done happily, I would say, for 70 years since the end of World War II But now it's time for others whose economies have prospered due to American leadership to step up and do uh, perform their role. And so I'm I look forward to seeing how this might turn into a actual operational uh, possibility. All right. Here, I got a great question for you. I don't know if you've seen this story from ABC or some of the other uh, news organizations for the Several Democratic senators now are telling uh, Pelosi, basically, send in the articles of impeachment. Democratic Senator uh, Feinstein told reporters today, quote, if we're going to do it, she should send them over. I don't see what good this delay does. Now that we're seeing the Democrats cracking this way, are are you thinking that uh, Pelosi will understand that she needs to get those articles over to the Senate? I agree. She should. She's. Uh, she says this was imminent. Donald Trump was a risk and went on and on about that uh, September, October, November, and December. And I can't find a single legal rationale for why they've been held up if it's such an imperative of the Democratic Party to proceed. Um, and so she's tying up the business of the Senate by not proceeding immediately. For example, Grassley approved the USMCA agreement in the, in the Senate Finance Committee today. It has five more committees to go through before it can be voted on in the Senate. And the only thing that will slow that down, in my opinion, is the delay in this impeachment saga. Incredible. Congressman, we're out of time. I appreciate you calling, you calling in. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Congressman. Congressman uh, French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I got to get out of the way. News is coming your way. Joe's going to be here. Is uh, Duck here as well? Good. He's here. Both of them will uh, will uh, be here. I just saw Duck peek around the corner. So he'll be here as well on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, the answer, the home of Rush Limbaugh.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.